All right, today we've got Adam Barris, Manager of Equipment, Fleet, and Purchasing, or something along those lines. We'll get the title right when we actually dig in with him. Uh, but the cool thing about having Adam on the show today is, uh, right out of the gates, we're going to get him to talk about the music that you've heard for the last couple episodes, and certainly leading into this conversation, because Adam is the one who designed, created, heard, brought to life. Yeah. Those great things. He did the music is, is what we're trying to say, uh, which is really cool because, again, it's just one more element of, you know, this show being, you know, truly City of Welland, um, out with the stock music, in with the original Adam Barris tune. So uh, if you like it, and hopefully you do, he is the man responsible for that music. Uh, and we're excited to talk to him not only about that, but about just how things are done in the City of Welland when it comes to uh, procurement and our fleet and all those kinds of things. I think you might be surprised at some of the processes. So, with Adam Barris, let's jump right in. Adam Barris, thank you for joining What's Up Welland. How are you? Well, my goodness, it's so nice to be here. I'm a longtime listener, a longtime fan, first-time guest. Perfect. Love it. Um, so, before we get into anything to do really with why you've joined us today, which has uh, everything to do with your position here with the City of Welland, we got to talk about the new music for season two. And up to this point, I don't think we've really referenced it at all. We came back with a new look and a new sound and just pretended like this is what we've been all along. <laughs> knowing full well that we are going to get Adam Bears on the show to oh. talk about why are we sounding the way we're sounding this year. So why do we have new music, so Mr. Barris? A little different. Well, before I jump into that, can I jump in with a congratulations? Because I've read that the communications team has been acknowledged with the AVA Awards. So if I have this right, gold for podcasts that and platinum for elections 101. Yes. So That's congratulations. To Thank that. you very much. Thank you. Excellent. So about the music, yeah. Um, well, I, I guess the secret is out of the bag. So I was... Uh, approached by Paul and yourself to maybe come up with some ideas for some music. Uh, I guess it's kind of become known that I dabble with music and I like to write songs in my recording studio in the basement. So um, there was sort of an idea of, well, maybe we can come up with a new kind of a theme song for What's Up Well. And I thought, yes, this <laughs> sounds like this will be fun. So I, I think I was talking to Paul at Brock when we were in class. And I had said, well, what are you looking for? And he said, well, something confident little funky a little edgy so i'm like funky i can do and came up with something <laughs> that was maybe a little over top funky and so it was kind of fun to just kind of have that back and forth kind of you know i, I like this i don't like this we need something a little more confident sounding so i'm like okay i think i know what you're looking for and i came up with this sort of idea it seemed to fit in that time frame that you're looking for. And I sent it to Paul and there's just radio silence. <laughs> I didn't hear anything back. <laughs> and then I met with you, uh, gentlemen, and you guys said, yes, this is what we want. So anyways, yeah, I was, I was happy to contribute uh, some theme music for What's Up Welland. Um, and I hope uh, that uh, it fits the need. Well, and you've heard it a couple times now. Uh, how's it sound to you now that you've here? I mean, it's one thing to actually, you know, kind of put it together. Like you said, you know, you're in your studio, you're, you're trying some different things. You send it out to us, but now that you hear it, you know, in the, in wild. the episode, yeah, <laughs> out in the wild. 
Yeah. Now hearing it out in the wild, um, it, it sounds great. I like the way that it loops kind of at the beginning. So um, you have kind of some background music for when you're doing your introductions and then it comes in kind of full force at the end. Uh, I think it, it sounds pretty good. Of course, like I listen to it with a different set of ears when I'm making sure. song. I'm thinking, is the mix okay? Do I hear everything fine? Is anything too muddy? I never really listened to it as a holistic song. So now hearing it in the wild is kind of uh, is kind of interesting to hear it. And, and I think it hopefully fits the need. And we listen to it as, does it sound cool? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, Adam, because you brought so many technical terms to how that piece got built. And at the end of the day, Mark and I just stared at each other. <laughs> across the table and yep if we like the sound of it done yeah it's funny how you said i'm like oh geez you know that one electric sounds a little muddy i'm just gonna remix that a little bit and you're like okay do your thing yeah i pretended like i knew exactly what you were referring to (laughs) but i just went with if he says it sounds good it sounds good (laughs) so So, yep no paul go ahead jump to the first question it was fun putting the the music together with you and i mean that came about because you made mention one day that you dabble in music. But up to that point, I knew you as Adam Bear's manager of, what is it? Fleet Equipment and Purchasing with the City of Welland. That's right. So you show up every day to do that. What is that that you are doing for the City of Welland? Yeah, yeah. So what is it? It's it's managing the procurement functions for the City of Welland and also making um, fleet acquisitions in in line with our uh, various budgets that are out there. So as you know, we're in budget season right now and i know you've interviewed at at great length different people have different perspectives on the budget so i'm going to take it from a let's take it from a council has approved the budget going forward so once the budget is approved um we are free to start looking at making purchases that were approved through that budgetary process so that can come to items that are going to be funded through fees or items that are funded through taxes and when it comes to fleet for example there's two examples of that Water and sewer are funded by fees. And then you've got a capital budget process as well for fleet. And that is for things like parks, things like, you know, um, other kind of departmental needs for recreation and culture, for example, all those things that don't fit on the water and sewer type budgets. So looking at that, it's, it's, it's managing that, that responsibility of acquiring fleet, but also managing procurement functions without the city or throughout the city. So that's competitive bid processes of items that are on that budget. But when it comes to, let's say, linear infrastructure, for example, that would be handled through our engineering department. They'll be writing the bid specs. They'll be um, creating the tender documents, making sure that everything's in line there. And then it comes through uh, my colleague and I in purchasing and we go through the documents and we host the tender process. We'll open the tenders, make sure all the documents are there, distribute that to our engineering colleagues. But when it comes to other larger projects, like let's say if we're going to be accepting a request for a proposal to build the new fire station, that'll come through procurement as well. And it's up to our responsibility to receive all those bids, make sure they're in line with what we're looking for, check those bids in and make sure that there's a non-financial evaluation and scoring process that happens. So there's quite a bit of facilitation and uh, being responsible for the budgetary funds that have been approved. And so that whole process, like you said, it, it is a process. It goes through various steps. It's not just, oh, we need to go purchase something. It's going to be $20,000. All right, got it. There's, there's a, we can't do that, right? It's, we're, we're governed by a different structure than, say, private corporations who 
require something, they need it right away. They just go out and get it wherever, regardless of the cost. We operate a little bit differently. Yes, that is correct. We operate in line with our purchasing policy and our procurement bylaw, which establishes what different spend thresholds need to have for approval. So for example, if you look at uh, page 25 of our purchasing policy, it'll indicate that a purchase... I says, love that you know page 25. Like, <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> right down to the page number. Yeah, just, yeah. He's page, got page, it. Page, page 25, 25, paragraph 17. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it might be 17 and a half. <laughs> but page 25 is a page that our purchasing agent, Rachel, and I um, definitely look at quite a bit is, is the spend thresholds and who is qualified to approve those purchases. So for example, a purchase that's less than $5,000 um, can be approved by any employment employee as long as it's authorized by a manager. When you're getting into a threshold of five to $10,000, we're going to be looking for two quotes. And then anything that's, let's say, over that threshold, we're going to be basically be looking for three quotes. And then when you're getting up to anything that's greater than $75,000, it has to go to city council for final approval, where there'll be a report to council submitted. There'll be a background of what the project is, where it was approved in the budget, what the need is for, and what the procurement process looked like. So usually purchasing is sort of a ghostwriter on those reports, and we're going to say the city of Welland, we're for competitive bid process on such and such date. We received five compliant bid submissions, and we went through a scoring process, and that's what the report's going to look like. So we can give a good background to show that we have uh, definitely performed a an open and transparent bid process. And that's what it's all about, right? You know, doing the due diligence of making sure that the, again, because a lot of this budget is through the taxpayer dollar, mm-hmm. making sure that the city as a, as a whole is being respectful of how those dollars are spent. And a lot of what you do and the processes that you go through and follow ensure that that, um, that process is followed and that there is an awareness of how those dollars are being spent. Oh, it's a good point, Mark, for sure, because I'm a resident of the city of Welland. I've lived here for over 20 years, so I look at it through the lens of a taxpayer as well when I'm making these decisions to make sure that we are making proper decisions and we're following uh, the purchasing guidelines. And not only that, the most important thing, and, and here's a secret for anyone who's in purchasing, you need to do as you say. So if your document says you're going to do this, then do it. As soon as you start pulling any surprises or anything like that is when you start getting into some trouble. (laughs) You just need to stick by what your document states, what your purchasing policy states, and be open and transparent with all the bidders. If they have questions, make sure that there's proper um, time for them to ask those questions, get the answers that they need. If uh, a site visit is requested, make sure you send that offering to everyone, not just one person, everybody. So it all needs to be inclusive and it needs to be down to the letter of what you say you're going to do. In following the policies, the procedures, and having so many frameworks and structures in place to stay transparent, to to keep your processes fair, um, what are challenges you you come into? What are in following those guidelines and rules? What are the challenges you come into? And conversely, what are the the pieces you come into that just get you so inspired and excited and just passionate about the work you and Rachel get to do? Well, there's a, there's multiple facets to um, some of the challenges. I like, believe it or not, I'm only 21 with all this gray, <laughs> all this gray hair. No, um, <laughs> there's multiple challenges. And I mean, COVID and, and the pandemic has certainly introduced a whole variety of challenges, like from the fleet side, trying to find vehicles at a reasonable price is a challenge. It used to be that municipalities would qualify for discounts for some of their vehicle purchases, and those discounts are no longer available. And that's a big challenge when you've budgeted something 12 months prior and now it's time to go purchase it and that discount's no longer there. 
So that that's a real problem in just trying to find things. And then from the procurement standpoint, same, it transcends into projects um, that maybe some of the materials to build the project have gone up skyrocketed and the vendor is giving you, you know, backup stating, look, our costs have risen and our budget is out of the water here. And then in those situations, you have to bring them forth to council and let them know the situation and let them know that there's been a change in the, in the direction of the project or maybe what the funding looked like in the first place. And you might be seeking additional funding to get the project done. So certainly the pandemic has created some unorthodox times <laughs> to say the least. Um, some of the other thing too is, is just making sure you get good per- bid participation. You send out a request for X type document. And you want to try to get as many participants as you can. And sometimes you think, boy, this bid's going to be great. We have 17 document takers. We're going to get a good response. And you only get one. And at that point, well, you can't really recommend it because you haven't really had a fair amount of people participate. So that's sometimes a challenge. So you have to look at your deliverables. Is there anything on here that could maybe, you know, we can soften this a little bit so we can try to get to a bigger audience? You know, those sorts of challenges to start to try to get good participation in some of the bids. And then on the flip side, some of the things that are inspiring, well, sometimes it's exciting when you, when you find a pickup truck that's on a lot. <laughs> it's got a great price because nobody wants it. You know, it's just rare. And, and you get something and it's well below what you budgeted for it. And like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited I can get this. And, and you write your report and, and try to get the unit. Um, you know, those sort of quick wins are always kind of nice. Um, or if you get a project that comes in, it's on time, on budget, and everything's going really well, you know, that's always a good feeling as well. That's what you're looking for. With the challenges that you've referenced uh, experiencing because of the pandemic, are you in the thick of those challenges or are they starting to ease off because for whatever reason, they're just starting to ease off? Or are you just getting learning to what does the future of procurement look like because of the pandemic? It seems as though that these things have eased off almost varies directly to arrows disappearing in, sh- in shopping centers <laughs> from the floors. It has eased off a little bit, but those bottlenecks and pressures still exist. Um, there's, there's some things that, that, uh, I know for our linear infrastructure division, you know, the, the, you throw in labor shortages is always a challenge as well to try to get any kind of projects done. So I know our engineering team, they'd be looking at through a whole different lens too, because they're looking at that side. They're looking at raw materials for concrete. They're looking for underground piping and things like that. That's maybe not as easy to find as it once was, or maybe it's more costly than it used to be. So I just want to go back to, um, the process of, you know, getting bids and, and, and that kind of thing. So when uh, a project goes out for RFP, RFQ, whatever uh, acronym we, we so choose, there's plenty of municipal government. We, we've <laughs> talked ad nauseum about that. Um, so we'll, we'll save you for the time being. But so, you know, the example you gave was, oh, 17 people picked it up, but you only got one mm. come back. So you can't really get a fair shake as to what you're looking at. But say you got seven come back, Right. One might come in $50,000 lower than the second highest bidder, but that's not always the one that's chosen. There are different factors than just price, correct? Yeah, it kind of depends on the, uh, going back to the acronyms and which vehicle that you're using, because a request for proposal is awarded to the highest scoring bidder overall. So it may not be the lowest price, but it's the highest scoring so what happens during those evaluation processes is the evaluation team, well, purchasing acts, acts as a neutral, 
and the evaluation team will evaluate and score the RFPs without seeing the financials. So it's just the initial impression, what the background of the company looks like, what value they're bringing to the project, their understanding of the project, you know, their experience, their references, everything is kind of um, tied into a score. And that score is actually stipulated within the bid document. So everybody knows what they're being marked on and what we're looking for in their submissions. So once the evaluation team does their non-financial evaluation and their scoring, we open the financials and that creates the last piece of the financial, the financial score is the last piece of the overall scoring. So at that point, you're awarding to the best value. So when you go to council, you're going to present that we had seven submissions. This was the scoring mechanism and this is the fee for the one that we're recommending. So they can see that, you know, we are picking the best you know, value perceived for the city. When it comes to request for tender, that's a, it's a little more stringent. It's, it's price. It price okay. is, the govern, is the governor for that. As long as they've quoted a like for like item. Um, when you get into a situation that you're speaking on, there's such a huge imbalance. If there's a massive imbalance between the pricing, you might want to look at it and say, did the vendor miss something? Was there something in the deliverables? Cause all the other, Tender prices are in this price range, and this one is way, way below. What's happening here? So there might be a good conversation that needs to happen to make sure that that vendor did see everything. And that's something you would follow up with, yes, with them, the right? Yeah, to, yeah. to make sure that you know, again, they're they're everybody's getting the fair shake to to make sure that they've kind of hit all the, the areas that you're looking for. Yeah, that, that's right. When when we open the tenders administratively and we look at the the fees and, and we circulate it to our engineering colleagues, we might make some recommendations or just some observations of what, what we've seen in the opening process for our engineering colleagues to kind of look into a little bit more. Adam, I know when we were first once upon a time talking about what it is you do here, I think I referred to it as you get to go shopping with other people's money. So much more complex than that. But are there, in addition to that misconception, are there common misconceptions about procurement and purchasing and what you do that you can use this opportunity to clarify? Um, well, I, I think the one thing that uh, that a lot of people wonder is is does Welland, um, you know, do we support the local businesses first? Is is that what we do? And our procurement bylaw stipulates that there is no local preference. So I think that's a big misconception out there is that that first we're going to deal with our local um, vendors. And, and that's not really the case because we're governed by certain treaties such as SIFTA and CETA that dictate otherwise that we need to open up for global uh, procurement. Now, having said that, we do encourage all businesses to please, you know, if you're interested in doing business with the city of Welland and you're interested about learning more about our purchasing practices, to please email us, purchasing at welland.ca. Um, we can send you to links where you can sign up for free and receive bid notifications for things that might be relevant to your small business or medium-sized business. So that way you always get kind of notifications that, hey, you know, I might want to participate in this bid. Or if you have questions like how do you make purchasing decisions if you're a small, medium-sized business, please reach out. Uh, and, and that's what we're here to do. But that is a that is a question that comes up once in a while is, well, how come you didn't, you know, award it to someone down the street or, you know, they're local, they've been in business? Well, Maybe they didn't participate in the bid process. They weren't aware of it. Or um, maybe we need to you know, open up to a different uh, demographic of people and they, and they had a more competitive price. And that's that's kind of what we're looking for. We're looking for the best value for the city, no matter what is the outcome of what purchasing vehicle that we're using. Excellent. 
Well, Mr. Barris, thank you very much for joining us. We're going to give you the last word. Uh, if there's anything we've missed or anything else you want to touch on regarding um, what you do here with fleet equipment and purchasing. Yeah, no, uh, I think that we've had a good conversation. I've really enjoyed being here and uh, wish continued success for the for the show here. Um, I think, you know, season two is off to a strong start. Um, been enjoying it so far. And thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. So I think Mark started the show saying that today's chat with Adam was going to be cool. And it is. It was on two different levels. One, we got to talk to the guy who gave our show its new sound. But two, we also got to talk to the guy who buys things for the city of Welland. And it turns out it's not as simple as give him a shopping list and he goes out and gets what you need. There are processes involved. There are policies and it's all to make sure that our tax dollars are used for to the, to the best possible purposes. And um, thank goodness these policies are in place. Most exciting was hearing Adam get passionate and excited about the music he created. And you'll get to hear that shortly as we as we wrap this episode for the week. If you want to hear what some of our old music sounded like, visit us at engagedwelland.ca slash podcast for last year's episodes and keep joining us at that spot for all of our new year, new episodes this year. That's it for this week. Until next week, friends. Bye.